0: The cheeseheads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral. This is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Pack's What She Said podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined, as always, by Perry Goldstein. And we are entering week 16, and the Packers are still playing meaningful football. Made it through December unscathed uh, on a three-game win streak. And now they will host the Vikings at Lambeau field to keep their playoff hopes alive after, you know, arguably their worst loss of the season 23 to seven when they played the Vikings away. So Perry should be a good one on Sunday.
0: It is a good one. This matchup is always good. I feel like, um, and there is a bit of, I think this is a bit of a revenge game for the Packers. The Vikings have to come into Lambeau, um, This is a Minnesota, but a dome team coming to Lambeau. And I don't know. I know you're up there. It's pretty freaking cold right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And it has been a long, long season since these two teams last saw each other. And I think a lot has changed on both sides. Um, The Packers are a completely different team than they were week one. And they're basically in playoff mode already. Vikings have clinched a spot. They've clinched the division. They're already in. So, I think the Packers have a lot more to play for. However, I'm sure the Vikings would not hate playing spoiler. So, this might get chippy. I think this might be a a little bit of a rough, dirty game just given the rivalry and the interdivision history conflict and everything that's riding on the outcome.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think, you know, the moment's maybe not as sweet for the Vikings, considering that they got their hats and t-shirts a couple weeks ago. But I can remember the Packers winning their hats and t-shirts as NFC North champs in Matt LaFleur's first season in the Vikings stadium. And, you know, the, the taste that that leaves. So I'm sure that there's a lot of players that would love to to snuff out, you know, the Packers' playoff hopes at Lambeau Field, especially just knowing, you know, historically how these two teams have matched up for so long. So let's kind of go through some of the things, I guess, that make this matchup so much different than week one, because I think a lot arguably has changed, at least for the Packers. Not sure your thoughts on the Vikings, but this is a very different Packers team than what we saw, even, you know, going back five weeks ago, I would say at this point.
0: Yes, exactly. Um, And I think you and I talked about this pre-show, but the first And major difference at this point is this offense is actually rolling now. Um, One could argue it's not perfect. It's not quite there yet, but it's certainly better than it was week one and in a place where um, I think that they can move the ball a lot better against this Vikings defense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm most excited to see, you know, Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs now that they have a chemistry with Rodgers. And, you know, we talk all the time about the chemistry that you build in training camp and practice and the preseason, but we knew it was also going to take some time. And we talked about the fact that, you know, this could be kind of a two-year deal where the the rookies don't really get on the same page with Rodgers until next season or, you know, what that would even look like. So the fact that you know, week one started the way it did, and everyone's like, oh no, like it could be kind of a long season for these rookies. We've seen the growing pains, but I think we're also at the point now where this is an offense that's really going to be able to capitalize, assuming that Christian Watson can play, because I know that he was a did not practice this week, but it sounds like hopefully he should be good to go come game time with that hip injury.
0: Yes. Um, I did see that Matt O'Flair said they're not super concerned about him long term, and I know that that boy wants a little bit, again, of a redemption arc for this game. So um, I'm sure he's going to push himself to play. It didn't sound like the hip flexor was too serious, but you're exactly right. Week one, rookie's first game's hadn't played with Rodgers, new to the offense, et cetera. Now we've seen both of them kind of stack successes in this offense. I'll be last week was kind of the first time they were on the field at the same time. Let's hope that this game, they get to stay on the field for the entire game together. That would be nice. Um, but I think that the, those two players have completely changed this offense. Now we hope that the Packers can kind of, Refine the balance that they lost a little bit against Miami and working Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon a little bit more. I know Aaron Jones was dealing with an ankle and I think he should be better with some rest this coming weekend, but now you've got kind of a plethora of wide receivers as well as both backs to work with. Whereas I don't know that they had as many um, tricks in the bag, let's say week one as they do now.
1: Yeah, something else that I really want to talk about that I personally had forgotten about, maybe you hadn't, but, you know, the offensive line. And we don't know what necessarily that'll look like yet on Sunday. David Bakhtiari, we're hopeful he can play after the appendectomy. Josh Nyman a little bit banged up, but I forgot that, you know, it feels like multiple seasons ago at this point that week one, the Packers had trotted out. Josh Myers, obviously, Josh Nyman, John Runyon Jr. But then they had Royce Newman and Jake Hansen out there. So this is, you know, a completely different looking offensive line if you have David Bakhtiari out there, if you've got Yasha right tackle, and, you know, if you need Zach Tom to come in for any type of spell as well compared to Royce and Jake Hansen.
0: Yes, and I'm so glad you brought that up because two names you mentioned have also been dealing with injuries, but were back at practice today. You have David Bakhtiari back finally from his emergency appendectomy a month ago, and Yash was back at practice after getting a little banged up against Miami. So they hopefully, as you said, will have their preferred starting five out there. And I just think even like Yash aside, Yash has been great this season filling in, but like just having David Bakhtiari back, Always makes you feel more confident. I'm sure it makes Aaron feel more confident. It just provides like so much more continuity across the line. You're getting one of the best left tackles back against. And we can talk about the Vikings side of things. Defense hasn't been performing necessarily up to the standards that I'm sure the Vikings wish that they were. However, their pass rush is still really incredibly dominant. Daniil Hunter and Zedaria Smith have been. I think everything that they hoped they would be when they brought Z in from the Packers. So you want to have your offensive line out there, like ready to go.
1: Yeah. and I mean, one of the names I think we forgot also is Elton Jenkins, who we know we talked about it yes. pre-show, just signed his four-year $68 million extension to stay with the Packers long term at we're thinking the left guard spot, you know, could be left tackle, uh, depending on what some of the moves are that the Packers make this offseason, But he'll be back out there as well. So you're really talking about just a completely revamped offensive line, if everybody's good to go. And you know, it sounds like at this point, all of them are trending towards being able to play, which would make a huge difference, especially even like for the run game. You know, that was not really able to get going week one. If yeah. if this line can can generate some push for Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon in the Lambeau cold. I think that's going to go a long way on Sunday.
0: I totally agree, as well as Aaron Rodgers apparently dealing with a little bit of a knee. So I imagine he's not going to be quite as mobile as we've seen the last couple of weeks, which, again, is fine. You, I think a uh, 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers does not need to be scrambling and running around, but extending plays is a little bit of, you know, it's his magic, and he might be a little bit more limited, so on top of everything else you want even more protection for your quarterback when he doesn't necessarily have the same mobility that he's used to having.
1: Yeah, and one one other thing that I've been thinking about too is, you know, we talked about the offense and the difference that the wide receivers can make, you know, with like a healthy Christian Watson hopefully if he's able to play and just the cohesion that we're seeing. Aaron Jones had 5 rushing attempts against the Vikings awesome. in week 1. And, you know, I know that every week it seems like we're on Twitter wondering, you know, when the run game is going to pick up, what, you know, what the play calling is like, what the decisions are when there's third and short, second and short when you're taking shots. But I think that's one thing that we really need to see more of on Sunday if the Packers are going to stay in this game, because it's similar to the Dolphins, right? I mean, this is an offense. They've got Justin Jefferson. They've got Delvin cook. They've got playmakers across the board that can blow the top off your defense and score relatively quickly in a couple seconds. And you need to be able to at least sustain drives and, you know, finish these drives when the Packers do get into scoring position. So Aaron Jones needs to get the football.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And if it's not Aaron Jones, it needs to be A.J. Dillon, because this is his season. and He's had a really nice, I want to say, month of football for him. And this is his weather. This is his time of year. This is when he comes alive. So you want to be controlling time of possession, keeping the ball on the ground. Not to say that I think you can't pass against this team, because I'd say I think the, de- the Vikings defensive front is their strength. Um, obviously, Patrick Peterson has been having a little bit of a resurgence in his career kind of year, but the rest of that secondary, I imagine Rodgers is going, going to want to pick apart, but you have to get the ground game going. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore dealmaking across sports, media, and entertainment. Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. I do want to ask you, cause I've been thinking about this this week. So you mentioned obviously the Vikings weapons. I think anyone who watches football knows about the Vikings weapons. The Packers did a pretty nice job. Look, the Miami got their explosive plays. They have Tyreek Hill. They have Jalen Waddle. They're going to get their explosive plays. Justin Jefferson, he's going to get his. But I think the Packers actually did a really nice job after the first quarter limiting what those two receivers were able to do in Miami. Do we want to see the same plan, if you will, scheme deployed against a Vikings offense with a Justin Jefferson
1: yeah I mean I think you know the same kind of of game planning needs to happen you know at this point obviously Eric Stokes isn't playing and everything looks a little bit different now but Jair you know I I wanted to actually talk about this on the show so I'm glad that you brought this up he's tied for his he had five interceptions his entire career before this season and now he's leading the team with five picks and most of them are coming in the fourth quarter to close out games. So I think that, you know, this is a defense that's starting to kind of build some of its swagger back. And we talked about before the Dolphins game that this was a team that could completely turn things around and capitalize in seconds. And the fact that the Packers defense was able to hang in there and make plays when they really needed to, I think that's what you need to see in the cold and get Kirk Cousins rattled because I think the Packers only had one sack in week one and it was, Rashawn Gary, of all people, of so, course. You know, yes,
0: yeah. I think just a repeat performance from the Packers in terms of what they're able to do against Miami. Not to say I expect there to be three picks, et cetera, but I just think the way that they were able to stay really stout up front, stop the run, make Miami one-dimensional, right? Like let's limit Dalvin Cook, make Kirk throw the ball. Kirk can throw the ball, right? He he can pick apart his own and he has Justin Jefferson. He's gonna lob it up to Justin no matter who's on him. So the secondary is gonna get it's it's gonna have its moments. That may not look pretty, but it's just about limiting everything and hopefully getting the ball back to the offense to score points. I think that this team, I just think that with what they're playing for, it gives them a little bit more juice. And given the commonality of opponent and the ability to like self scout, I know that they've been watching film together. A lot more um, in the last couple of weeks like you know that they're putting on tape the tape from week one and they're gonna say we're not letting this happen again Um, another huge difference packers have a a returner i know Casey, casey on nixon didn't practice today but they now have a legit special teams threat that they did not have week one and so obviously you hope that nixon is is okay for the game but you know you get the ball in his hands and maybe Packers get nice field position to start off a couple of drives. And it completely also changes everything from week one.
1: And this Vikings team is such an enigma to me. And I know I've made the comparison before with the 2019 Packers where they just hung on in a lot of really close games and you could have like basically flipped a coin where they either won or lost and either outcome wouldn't have surprised you. And I feel like that's this Vikings team in a nutshell. You know, their losses have been pretty significant losses um, to the Eagles. They lost, you know, 7 to 24. They lost to the Cowboys 40 to 3 to the Lions, 34 to 23. But their only victory over one score was, of course, the Packers in week one when they won by multiple scores. But every other game this season, they're winning either in overtime by a field goal or they're winning by one score. So you could argue that this is a team that, you know, obviously you have to be pretty good to to make some of these comebacks that they have, like we saw against the Colts. But there's I don't want to say any team gets lucky. It's a week to week league. Every team can win any game. But there's just something about this Vikings team that I I haven't bought into yet. As far as being like a true genuine playoff contender, like you would say maybe the Eagles are at this point or even the Cowboys.
0: Well, Vegas agrees with you. Vegas (laughs) does not like the Vikings. And I'm pretty sure that they're underdogs coming into this game at Lambeau by three and a half points. Last time I checked. So kind of wild to see a 12 and three team. Yes. They're away. Sure. But they're underdogs by Vegas' standards against a seven and eight team who's fighting for a playoff spot. And I just think that says a lot.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. So lots to look for, obviously, going into Sunday. Any other thoughts that you have, you know, before th- my thought is that I don't like that it's a 325 central game because those aren't fun. I think it it would have been more fun in the primetime matchup, but
0: I was surprised they didn't flex <laughs> it out, actually. I definitely do. This is a big one, obviously division game and You know, Packers put on a show last week in Miami. So, but I think this is going to be a good one. I think this, I don't know why I have a feeling this might be one for the ages. I hope I'm not wrong, but it's just got a, it's got a feeling to it, right? Um, Packers finally get back to 500. It's a little bit of a revenge game. Um, They just need to play clean football. I think they can very much beat the Vikings, especially at home at Lambeau with like the crowd on their side as long as they hold on to the football.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so much we talked, you know, pre-show that the Packers were maybe going to get back into that one, but it was too little too late and they had started making adjustments, but it just the fourth quarter got away from them. So much of that game. I remember talking about with you on the recap show, just saying like, these are things that never happen, And like five of those circumstances happened for this team in that game. And it's not an excuse, you know, things happen. You you have yeah. to be able to recover, but the Packers uncharacteristic turnovers, you know, losing fumbles, so many things that we've seen them clean up in the the latter half of the season. That it just feels like a completely different Packers team that we're going to see on Sunday.
0: I completely completely agree with you, and they have two new weapons, quite frankly, that they didn't have in Week One, and they, those cannot be understated because it's not just any two weapons. Like Christian Watson is commanding major major attention these days, double triple defenders, especially in the red zone, and how many times do we think the announcers are going to mention the, the dropped pass in week one? Like how many times do you think, and you know, that's going to be on his mind. So I just think that this is going to be a really, really, really fun game.
1: Yeah. I think it's definitely enough where you don't want to make it a drinking game, but obviously (laughs) the Packers need to take care of business on Sunday to have any shot really at the postseason. I know there's ways that they could technically lose and still sneak in, but It's not the point. Get it done. Win on Sunday against the Vikings. And then I think for sure that Packers-Lions game will get flexed to the night spot in week 18. We've got a couple other matchups to keep our eyes on on Sunday. We have the Browns going to the commanders. uh, And then we have the giants that'll be taking on the Colts at home giants hosting. Um, So Packers can make the playoffs if the commanders either win or lose once, or if the giants lose twice. So what are your thoughts on these matchups either this week, or I guess if you wanted to focus all the way on week 18, we've got the Giants at the Eagles who could be resting their starters. And then we have mm-hmm. the Cowboys at the Commanders who also could potentially be resting starters at that point too.
0: There's so much going on with this uh, <laughs> picture. So, so, so much. So I think let's focus on the easiest path forward for the Packers. The easiest path forward is the Packers win. Like you said, they take care of business and then the Washington Commanders lose to the Browns. That is by far and away, I think, the simplest solution for the Packers. Um, For those of you out there thinking that sucks that I have to root for the Browns, I agree with you. Um, However, there is a chance, you know, they're at home. The Browns are also not a very good team. Washington loses. The other pathway forward, of course, is that Washington loses against the Cowboys. Packers win out. Packers are in the playoffs. I don't know if the Cowboys have locked in their seed yet or if they're still going to be fighting for playoff seeding in week 18. And therefore, then they would be starting all of their starters. So I guess we hope for that. The more difficult path forward is obviously the Giants losing out. I don't see the Giants losing to the Colts. Um, That would be, I think, a major upset if Colts want to play spoiler for the NFC playoff picture by all means, but they have absolutely zero, zero motivation to do so. And the Giants are at home. So that to me doesn't feel like anything. Again, let's say they happen to lose hypothetically and they're playing the Eagles. If the Eagles have the one seed locked up, there's no way, especially with Jalen Hurts banged up, that they're playing their starters and that doesn't feel like an actual possibility. Of course, obviously, I think if the Eagles are still fighting for that one seed, maybe they have their starters out there. But I think what we need to focus on is the Washington Commanders losing one of the next two games, and that feels a lot more likely.
1: Yeah, and just, you know, because curiosity i had to i had to run the simulation to figure this out and if the vikings lose obviously to the packers and then they win in week 18 um they would be looking at either the second or third seed obviously the packers can only at this point get the seventh seed so there's a very good chance that on wildcard weekend the packers have to travel back to minnesota to play the second seed vikings the alternative would be if the vikings lose obviously on sunday to the packers and they beat the Bears in Week 18, and the 49ers win out. The 49ers would be the second seed and would host the Packers. So, the no Packers- thanks. <laughs> so, either way, you know, if the Packers win out, they're looking at either nemesis, I guess, at this point in the in the wild card weekend. It can either be like a dream scenario where you're like exercising all your demons on the way to a championship, or you can just have your heart broken repeatedly um, by all of your uh, former foes.
0: I am going to take the path that steers the Packers away from the 49ers, no matter what the cost is. I do not want to go up against that defense. I do not want to see Kyle Shanahan. I do not want to send this team out to San Francisco. No, thank you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, there's there's a lot here. And I know that, you know, there's been jokes about uh, needing the Cowboys to beat the Commanders and everything riding on Mike McCarthy. So <laughs> there's a lot of narratives here for these next couple of weeks. But really, all the Packers can do at this point is win on Sunday and let everything else fall as it may, because, you know, they could still win out and it might not be enough. So you guess you never really know. You just have to let them play the games.
0: The NFL is truly the best reality t- television out there. <laughs> If you pay really attention is. to the interpersonal relationships of the league, like this is so entertaining. Are you not entertained? <laughs> yes. I all just right. did the arms for those of you who can't see. me.
1: Um. All right. So before we wrap up this show, Perry, I think it's time that we give a score prediction here for Sunday. Wow. <sighs> I truly do not
0: have a clue how this game is going to go. Um, I think the Packers have been scoring more points than prior like first half of the season, right? So I, I think it'll be a higher scoring game than hopefully the last time. Um, I think I'm going to go, you know what? I'm going all in. This is going to be an exercising demons kind of game. It's going to be at Lambeau. I hope that this crowd gets into it. I'm going
1: 31-21 Packers. Okay. I hope you're correct. I, I do think the Packers hang in there and win, but I think, you know, for, for the drama, for the theatrics of the reality television, um, it's something like twenty seven twenty four, And I think that it's going to come down to, in the cold, a Money Mason kick as he's just hit the consecutive streak for the franchise, 256 games. In his 257th, he'll hit a game winner for the Packers in the cold, and special teams will have finally, you know, exercised their own demons.
0: I love it. Either way, it's a Packers win. Um, this was so much fun. I can't believe that the season is almost over. A it it really it went by so quickly and so slowly at the same time.
1: It did. And if you would have told us, you know, in week five that we would be sitting here talking about meaningful football in January, I don't think we would have believed you. So that mm-hmm. kind of makes it all the sweeter as well. But that is all the time that we have for today's show. Thank you, as always, for listening to Packs What She Said. Remember that you can download every episode of the show anywhere that you find your favorite podcasts on Odyssey, Spotify, Amazon, Apple, everywhere you like to listen to the show. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Podcast. You can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. Thank you, as always. And here's to a Packers win on Sunday. Go Pack Go! Go Pack Go!